You're listening to What's New with Wired. This podcast is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Each episode features insight you won't find anywhere else from the center of the conversation surrounding emerging technologies like AI. Right now on the podcast, you can hear a special episode where Brad Smith lays out Microsoft's vision for a vibrant marketplace driving the new AI economy. To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is the Spoken Edition of Wired. Today's edition is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, who's reinventing how you invest. Whether you want to place a trade on Facebook Messenger or get market news from your smart speaker, TD Ameritrade's technology is designed to bring the market to you. See what's new at tdameritrade.com slash innovation. Why Hurricane Michael's Storm Surge is So High by Megan Multaney After gathering strength from the warm waters of the Gulf of Mexico overnight, Hurricane Michael blasted across the Florida Panhandle Wednesday afternoon, pummeling the area with winds up to 155 miles per hour. That makes the Category 4 hurricane one of the all-time strongest landfalls in U.S. history. Earlier today, NOAA's National Hurricane Center warned that in addition to the destructive winds and heavy rains, Michael could bring a storm surge of up to 14 feet to areas in the direct path of the storm. Surge is similar in effect to a tsunami, a wall of water created when atmospheric pressure changes cause the ocean to rapidly rise and high winds push all that water on shore. It's measured as the height of the water above the normal predicted tide, and how bad it is depends mainly on three things, wind speed, shoreline shape, and timing. Typically, the strongest surge occurs with the eye wall of the storm. That makes sense. The strongest wind is where you see the strongest shove. Michael made landfall at Mexico Beach, just northwest of a jutting headland and the town of Apalachicola. But the topography of the area and of the underwater terrain offshore slowed down the water's rise. A National Ocean Service water level station at Apalachicola recently reported about 6.5 feet of inundation. That's still enough to knock you off your feet or send cars and other large objects hurtling headlong into whatever is in the water's path. And it's why storm surge is often the deadliest aspect of hurricanes. As you can see online with Weather Channel simulations courtesy of Climate Desk, surviving surges more than 9 feet is unlikely. To the east of Apalachicola, the winds were weaker, but the concave shape of the coastline in that part of the state threatened to push the water to dangerous heights. It gets pinched tighter and tighter and higher and higher as the water goes over an increasingly narrow space, says Jamie Roan, the storm surge specialist at the National Hurricane Center in Miami, Florida, in charge of the agency's predictions. That's why we saw the 9- to 14-foot forecast extend so far east of the eyewall. During the hurricane off-season, 
Roan and other NOAA meteorologists build the models that they use to make such forecasts. That means updating them to reflect the current morphological state of the coasts, shifting sand dunes, eroding beaches, human development. All of those things impact the path water can take during a big storm. The models also need to take into account the location of the ocean itself. Since 1970, Apalachicola sea levels have risen about a third of a foot. While the NHC doesn't produce estimates of sea level rise, its models take into account the current conditions. Surge rides on top of the pre-existing ocean, so if it's any higher now than it was 50 years ago, the surge is going to be that much greater, says Roan. The third factor is when the storm hits. The higher the tide, the more dangerous the storm surge gets. Luckily for Florida residents, Michael made landfall during low tide. It could have been much worse. As the storm recedes from the coast and heads inland, a surge warning is still in effect for about 400 miles of coastline, from the Okaloosa-Walton County line to the Anclote River. Roan's team is working on surge forecasts further north as Michael makes its way through Georgia and the Carolinas. At the same time, they're taking a first crack at modeling how bad the damage is in Florida to give first responders a sense of what to expect as they head into the worst-hit areas. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more— and they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.